This is the Tiger Kickoff Podcast with your hosts, Emily Liker, Callum McAndrew, and Wilson Moore. Welcome, listeners, to episode five of the Tiger Kickoff Podcast. We are your Columbia, Missourian, Mizzou football beat writers. I'm Emily Liker. I'm Callum McAndrew. And I'm Wilson Moore. And we've got a pretty packed episode. I think one we're pretty excited for. Uh, We're going to do a little bit of recapping this past weekend, which was MU Homecoming. Missouri played North Texas. But then we're also going to do a pretty fun mailbag segment. Shout out to everyone who asked us questions on Twitter. And then, of course, like always, we will preview the upcoming game against Texas A&M. And we will play a game of Factor Cap. So that's a little preview of what's coming up for you on the rest of this pod. But just to start, Wilson, Callum, did you enjoy your homecoming weekends? I very much did. So. No. Oh, okay. No, I, <laughs> it was your first and only Mizzou homecoming. It was. Um, and actually, that's a big part of the problem uh, because I do not abide by lies. Oh, God. You're bringing up Pete's point. <laughs> I, I, yes, I absolutely am. The first homecoming. Missouri, Missouri fans, de- turn, your, turn away. Turn it off. <laughs> this has been debunked to me. Apparently, there are three institutions in this fine nation that claim to have the first homecoming. But when you if, if you add more specificity to it, does it end up being true? Like, you know, like, is Mizzou the first to actually invite alumni to come back for homecoming? Like, is that why it's the first? Like, did Pete have any more than just it's not correct? No. no. Yeah. Uh, so, no, no specifics here, just hatred. Sorry, <laughs> Pete, if you're listening, which I'm not sure that you do, I would like to fight you on this. <laughs> Ruining Mizzou homecoming fun. I also don't think people need a reason to go places. Well, yeah. But it, I don't know. I liked the energy. I, I, I enjoyed homecoming. I thought you were going to say you had a bad homecoming just because someone was rude to us. <gasps> yeah, yeah. People were rude to me, too. We're not We're not talking about that on <laughs> we the do, pod. We don't have to. I, just, just to be clear, I was not the one who was rude to them. No. Uh, even though sometimes that happens. Emily but. did take the rude person's side, though. Which, <laughs> which is, is wild. Which is wild. Anyway, let's do a quick recap of the actual game itself. So Missouri beat North Texas 48-35. to um, I mean, we've been talking about this all week. There's not a ton you can take out of this game just like because of the caliber of North Texas. They were not that great of a team. Like, Shout I don't to know. your ears, mean green fans. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're not listening to this. Um, yeah, I mean, what do, we, what do we kind of, if anything take away from this or what like is important to highlight coming into this next week well missouri avoided the utter catastrophe that would have been losing to north texas which at this point in the season and against a team like north texas you take what you can get and losing to to the mean green would have just submarined missouri season and they avoided doing that so that's a win yeah i mean it was close i mean two scores would have made the difference but that's true. They they avoided submarining it. They also, Missouri, got its first score on D moment. Oh, oh rejoice. <laughs> Meant uh. that Steve Wilkes was allowed to talk at media again this week. Did you hear the rumbling? Did you hear the electrified crowd? <laughs> what a time to be Steve Wilkes right now. I know. And Makai Wingo, I mean, a freshman, was the one who got it. That's pretty awesome. And it was a big man touchdown, as Drinkwitz Which- said. Just a, and Ennis Rakestraw tweeted, I believe. That was yeah. a, just a wonderful tweet. That was a that made my day. Mm-hmm. Even after the rude person. 
Okay. Anyway, <laughs> let's stop bringing up the rude press. Fine. Okay. I, I will bring up how happy it made me to see Mackay Wingo happy. Yeah. He did look like he just. I mean, that was a that was a toddler's grin. It was fantastic. <laughs> that was a. It was great too to hear him talk like after the game. I I know I don't know how much we've talked about it on the pod, but I know we've been getting a little frustrated with just kind of like the same people talking over and over again, and like a lot of them being older guys who are media trained and know kind of what to say and what to not. And that's not to say like Wingo said anything that he like wasn't supposed to or like wouldn't have. But um, I mean, he had great responses about like the touchdown itself that he scored because it was a pick six. Um, and then like also just like the changes that were implemented last week and how that kind of like affected the mentality of the D line, I thought. Especially for such a young guy as well. You know, he had he had some good like introspection of, of you know, a big coaching change, a tumult tumultuous week there we go um in Missouri season he was really I mean he had he had some really thoughtful answers about you know what's happened in that d-line room in the week since you know mm-hmm. talking about the, the more personal um side of what Al Davis is bringing to the room watching film um and about you know just about his play I thought I thought that was cool for such a I mean for a freshman for such a young guy yeah Missouri fans definitely um be prepared to hear Wingo's name a lot mm-hmm. over the next four years or However many years of eligibility they get now with COVID, Nine, who knows? Yeah. Five, yeah. six, it playing, all depends. Playing in but, the early thirties. Uh, I mean, I think probably one of the only other things we can like touch on a little. I mean, another phenomenal game by Beatty, who mm. continues to just buoy this Missouri's offense, who, which is still not doing great. I mean, they were obviously not great against Tennessee. We talked about that extensively on last week's pod. They were fine against North Texas, but I still. I don't know. Do you guys feel like they're doing worse than they were at the beginning of the season, or you think it's just, like, stagnant? I think it's tough because, again, it's North Texas, and they definitely kind of lifted their foot off the gas in the second half. That second half performance was not one you want to see from Missouri, not one that's going to win many SEC games. But at the same time, it's hard to know how much weight to put into how a team plays when they're up by 35 points. They kind of did what they needed to as well. They just handed the ball off to Beatty early and often and just let him rack up points, as was always going to be the case. It's North Texas. Yeah, definitely. North Texas. Uh, and so before we get into that next SEC game that Mizzou is playing oh, this upcoming God. weekend against Texas A&M, we're going we're gonna to wait. We're going to go to the mailbag first. Oh, yes, that's what I wanted. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so I'll try, I'll try and like facilitate a little bit. I'll read off each of these questions. So these all came... Through Twitter, I double-checked my email. I don't think anyone emailed me anything, but... Thank you all for just being insane in the replies to that tweet. Yeah, I think, like, 10, 15 minutes after I posted it, I got a text from one of you in our little group chat that we have that was like, what is going on in the reply? Just wonderfully crazy, some of these questions, (laughs) and I appreciate that. We will start with the more serious questions, though, the more football relevant football adjacent questions. Football adjacent. So uh, the first, this one actually came through DMs to me, uh, is from McLean Baxley, who is a Georgia recruiting writer for the Athens Banner Herald. Um, He asked, how confident are y'all that Luther Burden ends up in Columbia? And this is something we have talked about, and I think all of our answers is not confident at all. Ends up in Columbia? He was already here a week ago. (laughs) That's Uh, true. (laughs) Uh, speak for yourself, Emily. I'm very confident he ends up in Columbia. Really? You're yep. not being sarcastic? Yep. Next year when he's playing for Georgia. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And he's 
Um, I you got he, me. He tweeted that it was all switcheroo. He tweeted that he's going to be in Athens this weekend. I imagine. Look, opinion is subjective, but I imagine the atmosphere there will be a little more impressive to a high school recruit, uh, Georgia versus Kentucky college game day, than Missouri versus North Texas. How dare you? It's just really, really hard to imagine him choosing over choosing Missouri over Georgia or Alabama, which is also in his top three. I will say the past. I mean. Homecoming was probably the best weekend he could have come. I mean, granted, it did not give him a fair depiction of what the rest of the season's going to be like. But, I mean, Drinkwitz commented, like, there was tons of people out both at the game and tailgating around. Like, if you were just even walking around for O'Field on Saturday, it was, like, exciting and there was, like, energy in the air, which has definitely been lacking in previous weeks. So, I mean, it was a good week for him to come. That Georgia is obviously going to be more exciting, I think, no matter what. But... Yeah, I don't know. Any other thoughts on Luther Burden? Uh, other than, yeah, he's going to Georgia. Let's, yeah. let's not be silly. There's like. your there's your answer, McLean. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is from Lucas Owens, fellow J School student. He says, in the spirit of the NIL deal, what do you think Bazelak's favorite barbecue dish is? So Connor Bazelak just signed an NIL deal with Jack Stacks, which is a Kansas City chain barbecue place. Um, and This is a good one. This is a fun one. I love what would this person choose hypotheticals? So, I don't know. Do you guys, are you guys leaning anyway? I, I thought quite a bit about this. Okay. And, you know, I thought about who Connor Bazelak is as a player. He gets the job done. He is not flashy. He does his job. He will do what the team requires him to do. So, with that in mind, I'm going with ribs with a, like, Memphis-style... <gasps> dry rub i was also gonna say ribs <laughs> i don't know i feel like it's just not not flashy but just knows what it needs to do doesn't try to be more than it is and gets the job done i actually had a very similar thought process mm-hmm. as, as that I, I like the steps that you took um but i came to the conclusion not ribs but the unbuttered bread on the side <laughs> oh my god it's just, okay it's not what type of dish he is it's what's his favorite no i think that's you what think he orders. His, you think his favorite is really the buttered bread unbuttered they don't serve buttered bread i think connor Bazelak is a ribs guy i don't know that was my like literal instantaneous reaction i think was, he fills himself up on the bread before the ribs get there i don't know we're gonna have to agree to disagree i think wilson and i both choosing ribs means we're probably more clued in here wow all right but well, okay ribs are flashy <laughs> Next question comes from Bruce Campbell. Uh, he asks, when I was a student at Mizzou Law School in the early to mid-1990s, Mizzou was known more as a basketball school. The football program was a mess, but the basketball team was often one of the top teams in the country. Do you think we'll ever see Mizzou basketball back to that level of prominence? I'm going to issue a warning before we answer this question that we are not basketball writers. You can follow the uh, Columbia, Missourian men's basketball writers. That's Anthony Christensen and Matt Brawley. They've already put some coverage out on this, but we will do our best to answer this question for you, Bruce. I'm not going to pretend like I know the answer to this. But you can speculate. I, we've we've <laughs> covered foot or basketball before, like we in have. the past. Yeah. So we have some working knowledge. I understand that Callum has not covered the men's basketball beat, but... Uh, are we all pretending that Mizzou isn't a softball school? <laughs> no, they're a wrestling school, obviously. Uh, yes, yes, that also makes sense. A wrestling and a softball school. Yeah. I, I, 
I, I, I know nothing about this. I'm going to pass this one <laughs> off to you. Well, since Wilson says he doesn't want to answer. It's not that I don't want to answer. I do not know at all. I, but it's like just a it's just a personal question. It's like an opinion question. Do you think they could ever get back to national prominence? Okay, yes, I do think they could because everything in college sports is cyclical. And we see, you know, we see the, there are hills and valleys with every program. If you just look over the last, you know, 60, 70 years, every team with very few exceptions, has been really good at some point in their program's history, and every team has been really bad in their program's history. Now, with Missouri specifically, I don't know the exact path that they go, but I just think, you know, just the nature of sports in general, yeah, we'll we'll see them be good at some point. I would agree, and I think in the past, I mean— four to five years. I mean, the Porters were here and that obviously got Mizzou some national attention. Granted, neither of them ended up playing very much because of injuries and stuff like that. But I don't know that they're like, they're obviously not close right now, but they're also not so far out of the conversation. Like they do get talked about sometimes, especially when it gets to like March Madness and stuff like that. Like Mizzou's name still comes up. Um, I I'm not I was not alive in the 90s so I'm not super well versed on what level of prominence they had in that time period but I would venture to guess it's not close to that right now and it'll take at least 3 to 5 years for them to even try to get back up to a like level like we think of like UNC or Duke or um even like Kansas is kind of national prominence still I think uh so yeah I that's our answer on that Next question is from David Cunningham, who is a managing editor at Tech Sidelines covering Virginia Tech. And he says, asks, what's your dream SEC football game to cover? And that includes like time of day, month, stadium, and two teams. And I think by saying two teams, he's clarifying that it, you don't have to pick Missouri. You can I wasn't pick going to. Any teams. <laughs> don't <Yeah>. worry. <laughs> I immediately wrote these two teams down. Like the second that I saw this question. And it is Vanderbilt in Alabama, evening game. I want to see fear in eyes. I want to see players licking their chops. I want it to be like a nature documentary. Oh my god! This I I just think it would be a really entertaining game to cover, just for the sheer thrill of watching a pummeling. See, I feel like that'd be, like, boring to cover. Like, yeah. I think it'd be fun to be there if you were, like, an Alabama fan. But, like, as a journalist, I, it, it's like not super fun to cover because you know what's going to happen the second you go in. But the spectacle. So you're thinking of it more about, like, writing about what's going on and not the game? I'm thinking of it as, as I clarified here, as if it's a nature documentary. Okay. Okay. I'll go next. I'll go next. I think... The, the first thing I knew was the stadium. I want to be in Athens, Georgia at Sanford Stadium. I loved Athens last time I went. Uh, I'm excited for us to get to go again. In terms of like time of day, I would say I think I want a 3 p.m. game afternoon because as much as I love a good night game, it's stressful on deadline. It's stressful on deadline, especially when you're in a different time zone. Like, you know, it's that's just obnoxious. I don't want an 11 a.m. game either. I want 3 p.m. I want to be out by 8 p.m. Go do other things. So 3 p.m., Sanford Stadium. I'm going to go with 
November as the month, but early November, not super cold yet. So like right around the time that Mizzou is playing Georgia this year, uh, I will not be picking Missouri to be playing in this game. Georgia will be playing. I think if we were going like with which teams are good this year, I want to see a Georgia-Kentucky matchup. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Which is that 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 has to be happening this season? That's yeah, coming, yeah, that's, that's, coming. East that's is coming up. That's, yeah. that's this week. Oh <laughs> well, see, <laughs> I've been too focused on Texas A and M to think about anything else. Um, but yeah, I think if you swapped Kentucky for the game we're going to in Athens, where it's going to be Missouri, Georgia, beginning of November, probably eleven a.m. or three p.m., that would be my ideal game this season. That's the one I'm looking forward to most this yeah. season. Mm-hmm. I it took me about two seconds to think of this. I went with Alabama Auburn, the Iron Bowl, in Jordan Hare at Auburn because that's where the craziness tends to happen. At night, always a night game. I don't care about deadline. <laughs> that's fair. That's Until fair. it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I I deal with that. Until Wilson yeah. figures out that he's on rotation for the gamer and it's <laughs> going down to the line and he has like three documents open. His eyes are like those Vandy players I want to see. Just uh, okay. Look, and, and that could happen, but I would find that worth it for the spectacle. That's fair. That It would be an exciting an exciting game mm. to cover. Mm. Uh, next question comes from Adam Cole, who is a former Tiger kickoff writer himself. He's now a reporter for Arkansas Online. He says, what have y'all enjoyed most the first half of this season? What are y'all looking forward to covering most in the second half? Before we answer that, I had not pinned Adam to be the one of our friends that would write the serious question. I know. I was kind right. of surprised. When, this is a good question, though. When, it is a very good question. When we went to Alabama for SEC Media Days, Adam tweeted at us and asked if I had remembered pants. Yeah, I remember yes. that. Yeah. Because it did look like in the photo that you did not have pants on. Yeah. We can confirm that he did. <laughs> Thank you. I, yeah, I've got your back here. That's... I have my thing first half of the season. I enjoyed the road trip most, even though, like, Parts of it were stressful, and I didn't enjoy getting up at 6 a.m. for mm-hmm. a seven-hour drive. Like, I wish we could have gone the night before. Didn't enjoy our hotel either. But I I like going on the road. It's fun. And we've only gotten to do it once so far because only Wilson got to go to Boston. So, um, yeah. And I guess by that kind of logic, I am looking forward to the road trips in the second half of the season. I mean, we got Nashville coming up which is a great city to be in. And then Athens, I'm excited to go back and be in Sanford Stadium again and get to see the Bulldogs play. Uh, I like the first game of the season against Central Michigan. There was something so cool about seeing for the first time. It was the first time in a while, you know, I think I had been in a full-capacity stadium of anything. And that was just that was just a spectacle, feeling like college football was back. Playing a little fast and loose with full capacity here. The, 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 it was full capacity. It Full capacity was allowed in the yes. stadium. Uh, yeah. And it was loud. It was the first loud college football stadium I had been in in two years. Yeah, that's fair. What are you looking forward to? What am I looking forward to? I'm intrigued by the way Missouri finishes this season, to tell you the truth. I, I have no idea what direction the rest of this year is going to go, and I am really interested in seeing how it plays out. That's fair. That's a good one. Callum? Uh, I enjoyed Hoover, Alabama the most. Oh, so preseason. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the sunset. The, 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 Hoover, the Hoover sunset. At length was... is the most spectacular on that side of the Mississippi <laughs> and possibly on any side of the Mississippi. 
Um, you have not seen a sunset until you've seen a Hoover I've seen the Hoover sunset. one. Yeah. Um, no, uh, it, was, it was my first trip with the Missourian since I arrived here in January. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. We had, we were awake for about 44 of the 48 hours that we were there, but yeah. that was fine. That was good. I say, no, yeah, it was nice. but it was I nice on just that to, trip. Yeah, yeah. We did miss you. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and by that token, Lexington as well, when we got the gang together. That mm-hmm. was good. Uh, no, it was, it was nice just to get on, a, get on the road for this job and finally start doing stuff. What are you looking forward to? Celebrating your birthday in... In Fayetteville. Fayetteville, Arkansas? Oh, yeah. Or is it in Little Rock? It's in Fayetteville. It's in Fayetteville. Okay, it's yeah. In Fayetteville. Um, yeah, that's probably it, actually. That's going to be fun. Um, also, just to get to see the hogs. <laughs> yep. They seem like fun this year. I mean, that yeah. Ole Miss game was just obscene. I, was, I could watch that for the rest of time. It might be the first interesting battle line rivalry game that Missouri and Arkansas have ever played. It also <laughs> might be the least interesting. Yeah, that too. The way La- things are La- going. What about last year? I don't, I'm going to be honest, I do not remember Just last me, year. I uh, think Mizzou won 50-48. Mevis kicked the field goal as time expired. Wow. I was probably asleep, if I'm going to be honest, because I was probably at home, so I was three hour, two hours behind here, and the game's in the morning. Yeah, I was definitely asleep. But anyway, next question comes from Anthony Christensen, who we shouted out earlier. Oh, he's he gonna be, went buck wild in the comments. Yeah, he's going to be the basketball, one of the – Columbia Missourians men's basketball writers this winter. Uh, but he asked a couple questions. The first of which is who would win in a fight? Wilkes or Drinkwitz? Wilkes. Not even close. Yeah. I think Drinkwitz is kind of scrappy. He Drinkwitz has, and I'm not saying this, this is Drinkwitz has described himself as this before, as a five foot ten dorky white dude. Yeah. Nice. That's not me. That is what he has said about himself. I mean, and Steve Wilkes is a pretty, you know, you know, built guy. Like. Yeah. I was also going to say, like, his, him being a defensive coordinator, I feel like just gives him more of an edge in a fight in general. Like, you know how to, like, read an opponent. Like, I don't know. I Eli Drinkwitz, yes, he, like, coordinates the offense and can also read opponents and stuff like that. But like you said, he's a dorky white dude. And also, like, I don't know. I just think that Steve Wilkes being a defensive coordinator gives him an edge in a fight. This is the way I see this fight playing out. Okay. Drinkwitz, uh, Wilkes lets Drinkwitz have a little bit of the, 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 the first part of the fight. Let's him get a few, you know, scraps in. Just as Drinkwitz is about to pin Wilkes. You know what Wilkes goes and does? He scores on D. <laughs> you know... Steve Wilkes should have been a wrestling coach because you can you can score on D in mm-hmm. wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, our producer Logan is reminding us in the in the document that Drinkwitz is 14 years younger than Wilkes. Oh, I don't. That is a good, good that's point. A, that's a good point. I don't think it. I don't think it matters though. I kind of imagine Wilkes like breaking Drinkwitz's glasses. Yeah. Oh. You think he's that he's kind like of landing yeah. a punch to the nose nice. and then like Drinkwitz can't see afterwards. Oh, is this wrestling or is this a street fight now? Oh, it is a wrestling. Well, it just says who would win in a fight. Oh, is it just a fight? I oh. think it was just a fight, unless I botched transferring the question from Twitter no, to you the doc. Right. No, for some reason I had wrestling in my mind there. No, oh, Okay, well, um, no, that changes nothing. It's Steve Wilkes. <laughs> he scores on D. Okay, so then Anthony's next question, kind of similar. 
of the three of you, who would be the best defensive lineman? I, I feel like we should amend this to which position we each would play. We can also comment on the defensive lineman thing, but I think, honestly, none of us would do very well. Oh, we would all be horrible at yeah. that. Yeah. So I think we can talk about what other positions we might play uh, and go from there. Gonna say, uh, Callum, you gonna say wide receiver? Yeah, that's what uh, I was gonna say. Wanky Kiki Chisholm type, okay, you know, yeah. put put the ball up high, go get it. Yeah, I'm all, I also get tired quickly though, so we gotta keep that in mind. Yeah, right. but there's so many wide receivers. If we're that's true. I, if the hypothetical yeah. is that you're playing for Missouri, there's yeah. so many wide receivers. Yep. You play like one, two, maybe consecutive yep. snaps, and then you're off the field for five. Am I so. the Michael Wilson of this situation? Um, probably. Okay, that's fine by me. Yeah. I was almost at first going to say tight end, and then, yeah, you're too lanky for that. Oh, no, so, and um, yeah. yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't block, block anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> so, not. No, no, no. That's what I would say. Uh, Wilson? Hmm. I feel like Wilson's a kicker. Oh, or I a like punter. That. Yeah. I could uh, see Wilson pulling a, a, what was the Seahawks play? Michael Dixon and punting twice on one play. <laughs> I would do that. I would totally do that. <laughs> and then, like, your press... Game, or your post-game press conference would be wild, especially if they ruled like they did in that Seahawks game where you're not allowed to do that. You would be like, that's BS. <laughs> like, I I got that kickoff clean. Like, whatever. Like, I don't know. I think that would be... Does that make sense, That Kyle? makes sense to me. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I'm playing QB. I knew you were going to say <laughs> that. I knew you were going to say that. I was, I was going to make you a safety. Mm, interesting. I was going to say linebacker. I think you would enjoy trucking people. Yeah, that, that too. Yeah. I was kind of thinking from a similar um, side, the kind of like like Troy Palomalu, like just like <laughs> roving safety, just like pre-NFL crackdown on a helmet-to-helmet hits, just oh taking people's heads off. I would not hit helmet-to-helmet. <laughs> I'm scared of brain damage. But I will say, my junior year of high school, when we did our powder puff game, I did play defensive line. Interesting. And center. Because I was the only one who could like snap the ball i think realistically i would be a coach but that was a good one I, that, that's my favorite question so far that was good thank you anthony for well we <laughs> is it because we changed it <laughs> yeah, maybe well uh next question comes yeah. from mason arneson who is one of the man eaters football beat writers uh shout out mason he sits behind us in the press box uh what color crayon would be the tastiest and this question comes green from next Max. question oh okay. oh i was gonna say i was gonna do that exact thing but with red <laughs> oh you got there quicker. <laughs> oh, it has to. Okay, I, I say white only because it wouldn't show up. That in your is insane. That's <laughs> an insane <laughs> take. That is not that, an insane take. That is the unseasoned crayon. But it wouldn't show up in your. If you're eating any other crayon, your mouth is gonna. If look you're nasty. eating crayons, you're just let your mouth be nasty. What? Maybe we do just need to move on. <laughs> okay. Wilson said green. Callum said red. I said white. Next question. Thanks, Mason. Jack Sobel, another uh, Columbia, Missouri writer, said, is a hot dog a sandwich? Classic internet meme here. What do we go with? Just quick answers on this one. No, it's not. Anyone who says it's a sandwich is either obnoxiously contrarian or living in denial. Hot dog's whatever you want it to be, man. Hot dog is not a sandwich. Uh, and then we, we will close with two pointed questions, one for each of you. Uh, the first for Wilson, Anthony asked, who is your Mizzou football crush? I'll let you interpret that however you want. On Twitter, you said spot the dog. Yeah, and I would like to clarify that here. Um, I want to make it 
I want everyone to know on no uncertain terms that my Mizzou football crush is not Spot the Robot Dog because I hate Spot the Robot Dog. Why? So who is it then? My Mizzou football crush is Nip Weisenfels. Who? A linebacker for Missouri in 1968. Mm. I will be neither explaining myself nor taking any further questions. Wow, that feels like a callback. Well, I don't... No, he I, asked for the question. Yeah, asked. he didn't specify what year. He just said... Uh, that is a good point. Like, he found a loophole, maybe, but also... That's on Anthony. Anthony, ask better questions. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> we love you, Anthony. <laughs> Finally. Uh, from Briar Napier. For Callum. What Scottish sports figure from any era could help Mizzou football most, and why? I just want to say how much I love this question. <laughs> Thank you, Briar. Um, as I have gone into on many, many occasions, Missouri is Scotland, mm-hmm. athletic Scotland, soccer. Um, so I feel like the obvious answer here, and thus the one I'm not going for, would be Sir Alex Ferguson, the ex-Manchester United coach. Um, I mean, one of the best soccer coaches of all time, um, guided Man United to many Champions Leagues and League titles was infamously quite angry when things weren't going well. And I think Missouri could do with that a little bit at times. It'd be like a reverse Ted Lasso situation. Where you would end Lasso. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, just getting the angry Scottish guy, the red angry Scottish guy over. Anyway, I am going instead with world darts champion Peter Wright. Because there's a man that goes 1-0 every week. Okay? (gasps) He... If you've never seen Peter Wright, do yourself a favor, pause the podcast, go to Google, and look up Peter Wright. He enters the arena for darts events, playing Don't Stop the Party by Pitbull, and then proceeds to dance across the stage for the next two and a half minutes. So he's a man of culture. He has a different mohawk. Every single event, sometimes game to game, So he has style, and he talks like he has fun, which I think, at times this season, MU has needed a little bit of. So Peter Wright is my answer there. I think he could help the Mizzou program turn itself around. Cool. I'm going to pretend like I understood any of the Scottish references you just made. Uh, And we will move on, like you said, to Texas A&M. I enjoyed that. That was for me. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I hope our fan base in, in Scotland also enjoyed that. The most listened to Mizzou football podcast in Scotland, I've heard. Yep. And now they are going to be excited to hear all about our Texas A&M preview. Where do we start? Uh, I I mean, I put on here, I think there's a couple things we should talk about that, like, Drinkwitz said this week that I found interesting personally. You guys can say you didn't, but I'm going to make us talk about them. So the first, I found it kind of interesting how he like commented on the team's identity like he seemed very unsure but then followed up later and was like I'm trying to be coy because I don't want people to know what our identity is but like he hesitated a lot at the beginning of the question and it felt like he was just kind of like saying really generic things this is this is the part of the quote that resulted from this question being asked about what he thinks the team's identity is For us, schematically, I think I know what our strengths are. I think as a football team, I know what we need to play to. I think there's a few things that we're still trying to decide, is that really what we're good at or not? But I think we're working toward it. So absolutely no specificity there. Do you think 
do you think he knows what the identity is and was playing coy or do you think he's kind of struggling to define his own team right now i think we know what the strength is tyler Beatty. tyler Beatty. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah so then i mean everyone knows that why don't you just say that in the press conference you know because he doesn't like short answers until he does and if he can run, have a run on sentence, he will run on a sentence. That's true. I mean, crud. <laughs> I mean, crud. Uh, also, the other thing I found interesting, and mainly this is because I listened to Jimbo Fisher's press conference from this week as well, and he said something kind of similar. But Drinkwitz was talking about explosive plays and like what he defines as an explosive play, mm-hmm. and he said that it's 12 or more yards on a carry rushing and 16 or more yards receiving. Would you guys tend to agree with that as being an explosive play? I would say maybe over 20 yards receiving. Yeah, 16 feels I, a little short. I, I get where it's coming from. I yeah. It's, it's all close enough. That, to what? That just that, close that, to, to, yeah, close enough for that definition to just kind of apply anywhere. Fair, fair. And so then Fisher said that there are like two things that can be like the biggest game changers. And the first he said are turnovers, which were also important in Texas A&M's upset win over number one Alabama last week, as they were in Missouri's win over North Texas. And then explosive plays was his number two. He didn't go into defining explosive plays. When did Jimbo Fisher say this? What day? He said this Monday? Mm -hmm. Oh, so Drinkwitz was in response to Jimbo Fisher then, because he said exactly the opposite. He said that explosive plays are number one and turnovers are number two. Yeah. Whoa. Do you think you listen to it? Do we have beef? I don't know. I don't even know. Uh, do you think opposing coaches listen to other coaches' press conferences? Absolutely. Definitely. That's how you go one and zero. They're watching film. I don't know if they're listening to press conferences. Yeah, you never know. Potentially, I, I would say I would say so. You never know what they're going to divulge. That's true. It might just be coincidence, though. But that's an astute observation, Callum. Thank you very much. Thank you. I I, I get one every now and then. Uh, the other, I mean, I don't know. I think the biggest thing to talk about is Texas's offense. Um, I found it really interesting. They're kind of like really balanced on their run pass. I mean, they're definitely not a super run heavy team or a run like a strong r- rushing team, which might be in Missouri's favor. I don't know. What are your guys' like just thoughts on? A&M's when offense? has a team playing a second string QB not worked for Missouri this season? That's true. I think even looking at Texas A&M strengths, what they do on offense, you have to look at what other teams have done against Missouri, and they have run, run, run the ball. And I would imagine we'll see more of that from Texas A&M. Obviously, you game plan in part to what your opponent's strengths and weaknesses are. And Missouri, it's weaknesses rush defense. We've seen that all year long. I would be surprised if Texas A&M didn't try to run the ball down their throats the same way every other team has tried to. Tennessee isn't a particularly run-heavy team either, but they ran the ball quite a bit and with a lot of success because Missouri can't stop it. Do you think Texas A&M will have like, any kind of hangover from the Alabama win? Mm, I don't know. I, I think because it was so close, probably not. I think if they had, like, somehow managed to blow them out, then maybe that would, like, inflate your head a little bit more. But, like, it came down to the wire. It's not like they mm-hmm. knew they were going to win until the last second. So I think, I don't know. It's like it's like if you take a – we're all 21. I'm going to preface this before I say this sentence. It's like if you take a shot 30 minutes before you leave the club and then just go straight to bed afterwards. That's probably not going to affect you as much as if you had four shots 
mm-hmm. earlier in the night. Like that you said probably. <laughs> and then quadrupled your alcohol intake. <laughs> <laughs> Does that was that did that make sense? I yes, think, I think so. Okay. <laughs> I, I just like I feel like it's one thing to like be a, a good opponent by a lot and like feel like you were like super successful in a bunch of facets of the game versus eking it out against an opponent and winning on a field goal at the last second. But isn't there something even more joyous about kicking a last second field goal? I, I, I think don't... for fans, not necessarily for the team. I don't know that Missouri's good enough for this to matter. Yeah. I mean, well, hang- that's a great point. Now, now hang- there's a point. Now hangover that's... or no hangover, Texas A&M, if they are good enough to beat <laughs> Alabama, I don't know how Missouri... They're just going to turn same... up with an ice pack on their but, head. And... <laughs> but at the same time, they've lost to, like, they lost to Mississippi State, I think it was, that's earlier true. this season. Like Colorado they... State. Colorado State as well. Yeah. Like, they are not, like, they're, like, barely in the winning side mm. of the column right, or the, the winning column right now so yeah there's problems there too yeah or is it just luck i don't know i think another interesting thing is that on in jimbo fisher's press conference someone brought up like playing down to an opponent's level which like i don't feel like you ask that question unless a team has a history of doing that so i i'm curious to see if they play down to missouri's level mm. like, frankly like i don't know and teams get hot as well. I mean, I mean, Alabama's ludicrous win streak couldn't go on forever. That's, yeah. You know, that's that's always going to happen. Yeah, I, I agree with Wilson. I don't think Missouri are are good enough to win a game like this. Sorry. No. Would be strange, but... Yeah. They would, still... it, would it, though? I, I don't yeah. know. I, I'm so confused. I think if you're looking at the rest of the season schedule, this is the game where they're probably most likely to upset Someone, yeah, this or Florida, maybe. I would see this or South Carolina, not Florida. Wouldn't they be favorites for South Carolina? Well, probably think? that's well, they, it depends on how we do yeah. how they do the next couple weeks. Who lost to Tennessee by more, Missouri or South Carolina? Oh, good question. Uh, gotta be Missouri, I would imagine. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think ten, uh, the Tennessee game kind of went off the boil, if I remember. Also important to note, I mean, we've brought it up every week, so I feel like we should this week. Missouri is still last in rushing defense, even after allowing North Texas less than 200 rushing yards. Uh, they were still dead last. South Carolina actually pulled it back a little bit. It finished 45-20 Tennessee. That is a lot closer. much better than yeah. what Missouri did. South Carolina's a long ways away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Several weeks from now. We don't have to worry about that. One whole van day away. We don't have to worry about predicting or mm. any of that. But we, we do have days. to worry about predicting this one. Yes. We hey, do. segue. Is that my first ever segue? Probably. Yes. I, I usually have to do that. Yeah. So hey. thank you. Uh, I'll give my score prediction first. So I I gave a, a bold, um, I kind of made a bold take in the in a group chat I'm in earlier this week. And I said that I don't think either team scores more than 21 points in this game. I think somehow this is going to end up being a defensive slugfest. But not in like a but not in like a good way, in like a really messy way. Uh and so I think it's gonna be twenty one seventeen Texas AM. I mm, have said earlier, I think Missouri wins one of these games. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's this one. <laughs> but I think I have Texas AM winning forty five to thirty one. I think Missouri's offense comes to play. Puts up some points. I think Texas A&M's, A&M's offense also comes up to play. I think it'll be a little 
it won't be quite as close as the final score looks like. I think Missouri scores again late, but Texas A&M 45, Missouri 31. Hangover be darned. Them Aggies are coming to play. Yeah. I am going Texas A&M 56, Missouri 14. Wow. 56? Mm-hmm. That's, that's high. It's many. Producers, do you all want to read off your... You know, I'm going to go ahead and do Texas A&M 40, Mizzou 28. I think that Missouri can maybe hang around if their offense is the best we've seen from this year, but their defense isn't close. I just think Texas A&M is all around much, much better than Missouri, so I have no problem taking Texas A&M in, Texas A&M in a blowout. I think it's going to in a blowout. I can't speak. I think it's going to be 38-17 Texas A&M. All right. I mean, that's a pretty resounding A&M, just... I will say, this is my, my prediction. I'm, I've been least confident in this season. Defensive slugfest <laughs> in Missouri and Texas A&M sounds kind of wild. I, I don't know. I, I just think it's going to be low score. I, w- I mean... We haven't... I would like to see one of those. We haven't seen a low scoring yeah. game yet this season, so, yeah. I'm not sure we will, though. <laughs> I, that's true. I'm not sure, I'm not like sure that Missouri right. can, can pull that out, but... I, I would like that to be right. Uh, Another quick preview, obviously, if you're listening to this on Friday, our Tiger Kickoff Edition will be out in print. Wilson, what are you writing about? You have the cover story. I'm writing about St. Louis wide receivers. This will come out a couple days before Luther Burden is set to commit, taking a look at Mookie Cooper, Dominic Lovett, and Jay Macklin, some other St. Louis wide receivers who came to Missouri. Callum, you have the sidebar. What's it on? Uh, It is new defensive line coach Al Davis. I spoke to a couple of his uh, former colleagues at Hutchinson Community College uh, and and spoke about what's Al going to bring to the defensive line here. Um, It's a fun one. I enjoyed it. Uncle Al. Uncle Al. Big Al. Yeah, Big Al. There's a lot of, of, you know, uh, modifiers for Al. And just a note that next week, because there's a bye week, there will be no Tiger kickoff. Uh, Wilson, Callum, and I are going to take our week off. We are going to enjoy it. We are going to take as much time off as possible. Oh, yes, we are. That being said, we will still be doing a Tiger Tiger kickoff podcast episode. We're working on lining up a guest or two for that, and it'll probably just be more like SEC college football related in general. Um, And we'll probably just take the week off from talking about Missouri because... We don't need to hear about them more. So, And if people ever want to ask us questions, I think our DMs are always open. We can answer them on here. Yeah, that's us. true. It doesn't have to be yeah, a mailbag for yeah, you to exactly, ask us questions. Yeah, it is now time for Factor Cap. Same rules as every week. I have five facts that I will read off. Emily and Callum will guess what is real and what is not. As the young hip kids say, what is fact and what is cap. That was your most dramatic reading so far. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Getting better at yeah, it. Yeah, that was that was game show esque. Uh, right now, the season score is two to two. Callum won the first two. Emily's making a furious comeback. How are you guys feeling going into this week? Oh, I'm feeling great. I'm just trying to go on and know this week. Number one, Texas A&M was the first academic institution to clone six different species in the early 2000s: a cattle, a bear, goat. Pigs, a cat, a deer, and a horse. Factor cap. Is this in the U.S. or is this worldwide? I believe it's in the U.S. Okay. 2000. Early 2000s. I'm going to say cap. I think one of the animals is wrong. I'm not sure which, but that's my logic. On the off chance that this is worldwide, I'm going to go cap. That is fact. Damn. My goodness. 
I figured they, it sounded correct for like sheep and cattle, but then like horse or like that there, seemed odd. I learned fun things every week while researching for this. There is a, there is an oddly extensive part of Texas A&M's Wikipedia page about cloning animals. Interesting. They also Interesting. cloned the first cat ever. Uh, number two, the George W. Bush Presidential Library is on the Texas A&M campus. Fact. 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 That is cap. What is happening? The George H. W. Oh, Bush oh. <laughs> Presidential Library me. is on Texas A and M. Goodness me, that was mean. The A and M in Texas A and M once stood for agricultural and mechanical, but it is now purely symbolic. It is just Texas A and M. The letters don't stand for anything. I mean, they have a history with farm animals, <laughs> so that's clearly that's cap. They still stand for agricultural. And mechanical. No, yeah, this is cap. That's fact. They don't <laughs> stand we for anything. We are so bad at this to this week. What is happening? We just need to get do more normal things, please. <laughs> In it was agricultural and mechanical until 1963. Now it's just A and M. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, okay, okay, Wilson. That's that's silly. A notable landmark on A&M's campus is the Century Tree, which was famously struck by lightning during a pep rally in 1972. Factor Cap. I feel like you're lying about the year, so I'm going to say Cap. Just for the sake of we need to get someone to have a point, I'm going to go opposite of you and okay. go Fact. Okay. That is Cap. <sighs> oh, let's go. There, the Century Tree is real. I've made up the lightning part. Oh, Good. Ah, there we go. I got the wrong part of what you made up, but... Still counts. Yeah. You trickster, you. Uh, this next <coughs> uh, this next one is uh, also includes a shout-out to friend of the show, Max Baker. Oh. <laughs> friend the, of the program. Friend of the program, yes. The Texas A&M Hillel is the oh oldest Hillel in the United States, founded in 1920. I... Um... This feels like a dangerous road. <laughs> this feels like this. <laughs> I... I'm going to go fact. <laughs> I could just burn you out here, but I'm not going to do that. Okay. Actually, I could. It's two and two. Why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't I also go fact on the last question? I think this is a lie, and I really want to go two and oh, so cap. It's fact. Yes! <laughs> Give me the tiebreaker, baby. <laughs> okay, going back over score predictions as Wilson pulls up uh, an extra question for us in overtime. My prediction is 21-17 Texas A&M. Wilson's is 45-31 to 31 Texas A&M. Callum's is 56-14 to 14 Texas A&M. Producer Logan, 38-17 Texas A&M. And producer Cameron, 40-28 to 28 Texas A&M. So everyone in this recording studio right now is taking Texas A&M to win. Does Missouri cover? What's the spread? I think it's, uh, I want to say eight. Minus eight. No way Missouri covers. No. No. Has Missouri covered the spread? They're 0-6 on the spread. Yeah, I was going to say, they have not covered it a single time. Yeah. Wilson, are you ready? I oh, am. Let's go. One of the most influential people in Texas A&M history is a politician named William T. Moore, whose nickname was the Bull of the Brazos. Fact. Was that the end of the question? Yeah. Oh. I'm going fact. Okay, well, I have to go cap to try and end the game. Uh, that's a fact. <gasps> So, uh, uh, can I just gloat a little bit, please? What? Can I gloat a little bit? No, no. Oh. We're we're okay. gonna stop talking about my loss now, and we are going to end the podcast there.
we will be talking to you next week. This has been episode five of the Tiger Kickoff podcast. We're your Columbia, Missourian, MU football beat writers, Emily Liker. Callum McAndrew. Wilson Moore. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Tiger Kickoff podcast. This podcast is produced by Cameron Connor and Logan Franz. Music for this podcast comes from Alligator Indian. Catch us next week at ColumbiaMissourian.com or wherever you get your podcasts.